Hey everybody, you've reached the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh. We're going to be chatting about August 14th through the 20th, 2020. Wow. It's like we're in a normal world again. We're just talking about movies we have coming up. Jeez, and... now it feels like it's almost like the end of August, like the way you just said that. It's yeah. like the 20th already, like it's almost September, which is almost October, which is basically Halloween. Back to school. Is it Halloween, Josh? Halloween, <laughs> I was talking with my friend about Halloween. A friend of mine came in and helped me. This is baby steps. Hope everyone has patience, but we started putting in the little seat tags. Oh, yeah. But we have like 300 of them, mm. and it takes a while because you got to drill in the holes and then put in the thing, make sure it looks good. So it's going to take a little while, but I think... Every once in a while when I come to work, I might just try to come in an hour earlier and get a few more done. Did you put mine up? You can put mine like later if you need to. Yeah, put, I'll put yours last. <laughs> yeah, the 301st one. But it was fun because basically his kids came in and they sat in the front row and played video games Ooh. while we worked. So I'm like the best uncle because <laughs> I can make that happen. I want to do that. That sounds amazing. You can do that too. Yeah. Andrew and I should be coming in and doing that while you work. But he was saying how, well, one, kids could be going back to school in September. Who knows how that's going to go. But... Then, you know, we're going to blink and it's Halloween. And I'm like, how does Halloween work now? Because candy's all kind of pre-packaged. And mm -hmm. I can imagine somebody, if kids are trick-or-treating, you could put it on your front porch and say, don't be jerks. <laughs> Someone's know? always like, a well, jerk. Well, like, I find it's not much of a thing anymore. No, it isn't. When no. I was a kid, everyone was trick-or-treating. And now, like... Are you saying that because you went last year and they yeah. wouldn't give you any candy? Yeah, yeah. Like, sir, I you're a grown go. man. I'm, I'm 35 and I still trick-or-treat. I'm the punisher. <laughs> yes, it depends on the community because a few years back, some friends of mine lived right around here, right around Mayfair land and around mayfair land it is gold maybe those, those a, richers a lot of people who are a little bit more rich than us maybe a few retired folks around i don't know and there's certain communities in suburbia and stuff where and i did this when i was a kid where we would go from ottawa to gloucester to my grandparents house because that was all retired people mm -hmm. so i think suburbia still maybe gets stuff but i think a lot of kids either will just have parties at home or go to a community center you still see it a bit but yeah like in the 80s or 90s it would be hundreds of kids walking around each neighborhood so maybe it won't even affect things much, but I don't know what the COVID world is for trick-or-treating. Well, I, I imagine maybe some people will dress up as the coronavirus. Oh, like, God. you can do that. Too soon. I hope they <laughs> don't. Like, oh, God. Like a DVD copy of Contagion on my chest. <laughs> like, I'm Contagion. Well, it's that, there's a picture of, like, there's a, you know, that like big the ball, red with ball the, or whatever. That ball with the red spikes. Yeah. All you got to do is fun. dress in a ball some kind of ball costume and then put kind of like nerf darts all over you so you can adapt like a kool-aid man costume yeah into a coronavirus or red christmas lights yeah not that we're saying people should do this it was just like when joker came out you know or well when uh, dark knight came out and everyone was joker you know like that's like it's when like, people oh, dressed have... as trump for halloween in whatever 2016 16 because it was funny this isn't gonna go horribly wrong then it mm. wasn't so funny because a month later everything went horribly wrong yeah they're not i'm kind of wondering like if it's even because i assumed halloween would be canceled you know and if they moved the oh, yeah. halloween sequel back they should have to move the real halloween back i feel but anyways but the closer we're getting like now it's like well if schools are in then what like are we pushing this further like it's only a month later right so like i honestly think like a lot of people it's gonna be like the nfl or something where a lot of people are gonna opt out of halloween yeah and they're just like kids might still go to their door but you're like oh, we don't have candy i we could didn't... see people trick-or-treating and parents in masks and kids in masks and if you're dressed up as someone from frozen you would just have a mask on <laughs> 
I don't know. Olaf? Is that a character? Uh, Olaf, I think yeah. that might be a character. No, you could only go as characters appropriately that have masks. You <laughs> could be like Scorpion from Mortal Kombat or... Mm, that's a good one. Optimus Prime. You can only go as characters Josh can remember the names of. Also, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a Sub-Zero. That, I, that's a good one too. Snake Eyes. Oh, these are all pretty good. Darth Vader. You can do Darth Vader. That's, there should be, There's probably going to be a lot of Darth Vaders. But I can't imagine... I mean, it's going to happen because people are idiots, but... <laughs> You can't have a big Halloween party with 50 people shoved into your apartment. Oh, God. That's still not going to fly. That's 100% going to happen. But it'll still happen. Someone's going to do that here, and be hope. like, we all got COVID. I don't know why. Uh, that's the worst. Like, everything's happened up to this point. It's like one thing. But now if you start tainting Halloween, like yeah. then I personally get more offended than I was before, which was a lot. Yeah, but we'll see. I mean, the biggest thing, it's funny we're talking about Halloween already, but... <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Sort of. I have a feeling this will be our first Halloween without Rocky Horror yeah even if we're a couple steps forward even for the next step even if they say you can have 75 people in the cinema you can have 100 you're allowed to be four feet apart instead of six feet apart whatever it's just that thing of rocky horror of it's a lot of interaction it's a lot of sweating it's a lot of dancing it's a lot of touching touching spanking you know it just it wouldn't i don't think it would be as good but that kind of goes without saying i guess but like it, it almost would be like a quarter of the experience yeah yeah and at that point, like, you might as well just watch the well, movie. even with people yelling, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's not good. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah, you'd have to have, like, a special mask that blocks, like, anything. Like a spit guard mask or something. I had a, a flashback to a movie that I care nothing about. It was one of those movies that was just, like, a movie. And I think it was 95. But remember Outbreak? Oh, yeah. It was mm-hmm. when Dustin Hoffman was still a leading man. Like, he was the star of the movie. And Renee Zellweger and no Ken- uh renee russo renee russo <laughs> there you go oh. the other renee yeah i, I was like it's like the female my... bill paxton bill Pullman <laughs> totally is. Oh, and i saw renee russo in my brain oh, as man. my mouth said zellweger you're like tin cop come on what was it it's because i was so worried about my next words being kevin spacey that <laughs> i dropped the ball on there's, there's a sentence well, i thought we never have an to an say o- he is an outbreak oh yeah, yeah. that's why i got scared for a second i didn't want to say it he got outbreaked but the opening of that movie and i don't remember i remember it was strange because it cast dustin hoffman in kind of the action lead you could easily have seen that movie should have been like tom cruise or something tom cruise or bruce willis at the time or or stallone even or something but it cast stallone hey yeah (laughs) 10 out of 10 i would watch that i would maybe not stallone but (laughs) the opening shot was i believe in a movie theater and somebody oh, I sneezes, that. and then some oh, CG man. germs go on the back of somebody's neck, and then that person leaves. And it was like a, a fake single shot, I believe. Like it kind of followed the germ out or whatever. But oh, I remember wow. that. I'm like, oh man, that, you know, you don't want to think about that. You don't, you don't want to show that Holy in a movie God. theater now. It's like when we were coming back, everybody, so many people were like, are you going to play Contagion? And I was like, dude, I'm not in the mood to watch any of those no. movies. I want to watch Jurassic Park or Back to the Future or Empire Strikes Back. I don't want to watch yeah. a disease It's like movie. showing uh, Die Hard 2 on an airplane or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or yeah, like oh, so many, or so many alive. airplane movies. <laughs> or that Turbulence, uh, whatever that one was. Like, Passenger 57. Oh God. All of these things would be terrible ideas. But yeah, I, I just don't want like even something like the crazies you know yeah, I, I that's too borderline for well me. we have shown that which and it's a great movie like i yeah. actually like both the remake it was pretty good too i thought but I, I just i don't know i could do that at home and pretend nothing's going on outside but like if i did that here and then and you know we're into the masks and like and i'm like oh yeah everything's not great <laughs> well it's funny didn't contagion become like this big hit again after like yeah. Yeah. After, after the 
pandemic hit, it was like number one on iTunes yeah, or the, something. The Blu-rays were like, it was like the new Gone with the Wind for totally different really? reasons. Really? People were buying the Blu-ray? Yeah, it was like almost out of print, I think, just because like no one had cared before. So there were all these copies and then people started going crazy for, you know, they yeah, started going to the crazies. Like a and... medium, well-acclaimed Sonnenberg movie that mm-hmm. kind of came and went. It wasn't a big budget, so I don't think it was considered a flop or anything. It was just one of those little movies. And then the first week of way back, like March 15th or so, like when things were really going crazy. Mm-hmm. The number one on iTunes, Netflix, Amazon, yeah, everything was contagion. And so what a bizarre, like kind of bittersweet's not even yeah. the word, but all of a sudden whoever produced that Warner Brothers going like, Oh hey, this this, yeah. this is working well. They greenlit the sequel immediately. Yes. <laughs> we didn't think that would ever happen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just so it's weird how these things happen. I mean, yeah, like you say, like it was a perfectly fine movie, like great cast, and from what all accounts like it was told, well, like that's probably how it would be. Supposedly but... very to I haven't seen it yet. I missed it in the day and now I'm too depressed <laughs> it's to watch quite it. good. Yeah. But supposedly it's super realistic. Like they mm-hmm. the screenwriters and the producers got advice from the government the military science folks all kinds of people so mm-hmm. if you watch it now supposedly it's really weird because you're like oh yeah that happened that <laughs> happened that happened that happened well apparently i mean maybe it's just the way they portray it but the virus in that movie is was like 10 times worse than corona i right. think it was wow. something like like it was like corona but something would happen to your it would affect the brain too it was like yeah. it was also kind of neurological or something so then it will make us feel better to watch it yeah. we're like oh it's yeah, not it's that like... bad god how much of that has been like the mantra these days it's not that bad it's like i always say this carefully and in the right surroundings because some people don't want to talk about anything like this but in a nice tone sometimes i'm like no 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 everything's always bad we'll get through it and whether that be everything's always everything's always bad i just watched i plowed through it because it's going to leave the leave the tv soon it said it's on till august 31st but there's this mini series that tom hanks's company produced playtone produced and it's just called the 80s and it's oh the cnn documentary yeah yeah and it's it's really neat so it's like has an episode on tv has an episode on greed is good has an episode on technology has an episode on reagan and then has an episode on the aids epidemic and you watch that and you're like wow although it's different it feels very the same as what is happening now in terms of people's fear and the way media is reacting and the way people are in denial Mm -hmm. and in the way people are angry and like it's it's very interesting how history repeats itself and that's what makes me think that's why it's not a nice thing to think but it's like yeah bad stuff happened before and bad stuff's gonna happen again yeah and it is kind of nice in this day and age that we have something like twitter that can i mean that can exacerbate issues at times of course but it also can cut through some of the bs of stuff like this that is sort of like one-sided by the media or by whoever and then you know you have someone who's like well actually i'm from here right now and this is what's happening not this kind of thing and so there is even if it is a small difference like that's one of the things i think like just imagine how different it would be if we had something like that in the 80s or whatever and just like the ver- oh, yeah. or just how many more people would be quote-unquote canceled i mean we've talked about that before obviously but just in terms of like that is something i think is great as a news source and as you know something that can bring um, a bigger story together faster and it's just not something we had like 15 20 years ago you know well imagine the phone bills in like the 80s or 90s <laughs> during a pandemic like if that's the only way we could 
widely communicate. And yeah, crazy. pre-internet, like the 80s, of course, pre-internet. <clears throat> that's the craziest thing about when a crisis happens, where now we're connected. And now you hear stories faster that hopefully turn people around who are in denial or are conspiracy theorists or think masks are impeding on their rights or whatever you know when somebody says some comedian i saw tell this story where it was like my father-in-law was a super trump right wing super trump like, uh, <laughs> i thought trump was bad but super, super trump, trump opposed to masks and Mecca thought it trump. was a conspiracy theory <laughs> and the whole thing and then he got it and yeah. then had to go to the hospital and was really serious and luckily is now back home and not fine but is out of the hospital and now he's turned around and was like oh, thank god oh, yeah that you know and this was i forget it was a podcast i was listening to or something where they were talking about it but people like that when you hear the human side of it you're like oh yeah maybe i should just wear a mask maybe yeah. i shouldn't go to that party well, at least he wasn't like oh yeah see i beat it that wasn't that bad <laughs> yeah. i told you it wasn't a big deal you're like no no you, you missed the whole thing <laughs> yeah it's interesting for us from our point of view now it's been so nice. We've had so many nice little social medias and emails and just in person, people saying, a friend of mine just came last night who was afraid to come to the cinema not too long ago, to come to anything not too mm -hmm. long ago. And we had so much nice feedback of people going, and the staff, there's two of us here, but you know, the staff's all in masks, <laughs> people are cooperating and it's clean and just... The goofy stuff like Andrew handing somebody a straw with a pair of tongs, you know. Like. He was doing that last year too, to be fair. Yeah. It's just a fun Andrew thing. But it's nice to hear people are noticing and appreciating it and that we appreciate them coming. And that, you know, someday, like right now, Joan of Arc has, I don't know, like eight people in there right now. But Empire, as we predicted, did very well. Nice. And other things are doing, what a weird turn this is now. Because now it seems our nine o'clock movies are our go-to movies. Hmm. So we're getting 30 to 45 people for Godzilla movies and The Thing and stuff like that. Yeah. 50 people for Empire Strikes Back a number of times. And the grown-up movies are doing okay as well, but it's really the retro stuff that's paying the bills right now, which mm -hmm. is interesting. So we just hope to kind of get to that next step where we can yeah. let 75 people in. 51 people 51. in. Yeah, yeah it'll be like, you can let 53 in right it's now. It's weird because the sweet spot used to be like 30 or 40 people, but now if we can only have 50, is the sweet spot like five people? Like, well, how does that math work? Yeah, and now, and I won't go into the... Yeah. boring behind the scene details but just because of a number of things like certain couple programs we might have taken advantage of mm -hmm. because just like the harsh reality is that our staff is cut back a little bit because it used to be on a friday or saturday night if we had parasite and we predicted 200 or 300 people would show up we'd double up the candy bar for something like the oscars or saturday morning cartoons we might have an extra manager hanging around for rentals that were really big we would have the people doing the rental might have a few staff and then you know all that kind of stuff so we're really pared down in that sense. Like now we just have three shows a day, nothing super fancy. So we're saving a couple bucks there. We're doing our own cleaning because there's much less to clean up. So we don't have a cleaning staff at the moment. All those little things. We're showing four movies a week, which I really like. Once mm -hmm. upon a time, we might show eight movies a week. So four movies a week with more shows. So in the old times, if they said you can do... Pulp Fiction or Empire, we might only have it for a night or two. Now we're doing Empire for seven days. For new films, we're doing them for seven days. And it averages out to four movies in a week. So that's a little bit less distribution fees for us. So yeah, so wow. our magic number is down for sure. So... I think, yeah, if we get one movie like Empire that's 50 yeah, and then the other two movies get like 10, we're like, that's okay. It's not Man. great, but it's okay. Does, has anybody come and seen it more than once? I think so, actually. Because <laughs> yeah, like, it might be the only chance. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs>
No, who isn't Lee? Who isn't yeah, Lee? Well, yeah, that's, yeah. I should qualify that. Yeah, I was wondering like that or if anyone had seen it for the first time, like period. For sure. Yeah, for sure on that too. Because Or for the first time on the big screen. Because mm-hmm, the other sure. day, some kids came. And when I say kids, they could have been... I'm so bad. They could have been 15 or 22. Yeah, and they I don't had the mask on too, I guess. So They had their mask on, yeah. But they had like Star Wars shirts. I may be mixing them up with another group, but like one was <laughs> full on dressed as Leia. One had like a Django Fett mask the Man. whole bit. When the movie started, I think it was those kids were cheering like they were at a Stanley Cup final. They, they were so <laughs> excited. And I'm assuming, I didn't get to chat with them afterwards, but I'm assuming they were excited because they were probably born in the year 2000 or 2003 this is totally the first time that classic star wars movie has been on the big screen in their lifetime yeah there's been a few parents bringing kids in like 10 Mm -hmm. 12 year olds yeah, they've probably never seen it. Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. Man. And probably some parents who haven't seen it since 78 or... Or 1980, or yeah. 1980, I should say. Yeah, because... I where I, mean, I get 78 from. You would think there's probably a handful of folks who didn't see it when it came out in 97. So, yeah, there could be people who are like, oh, my God, I haven't seen this 38, 40 years or Did whatever. Did anyone gasp when the big reveal happened with Vader? And- I don't know. I'm always, I'm always... No matter what we think is the biggest spoiler in the world, there's somebody out there who doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. And that's why, even jokingly, I'm always a little hesitant to, like, talk about Citizen Kane with somebody who might not have seen it before or something like that you know yeah. but it's been something the biggest thing is there's a guy who comes he's only started coming recently and again i'm so bad with ages he's an adult he might be 25 or 35 and he's a person with an intellectual disability okay super nice guy and a movie nerd you can tell and i can't tell i should just ask him next time but i can't tell if his dad drops him off just because he wants to come see the movie or if the dad's running errands Mm -hmm. i think he like lives with his son still it seems you know but comes a lot really nice after the movie the credits were like almost done and everyone had left and it was like, you know, a show of like 30, 35 people. And I was getting the old Ghostbuster backpack ready to go to zap the seats with the cleaning. And he stood up and gave it a standing ovation. Nice. And oh my God, like my dead Grinch nerd heart grew three sizes. And his dad came in. I noticed his dad was waiting outside for him. So I said, oh, put on your mask, but you can come in and get him. And I was waiting for him to leave and we just kind of made eye contact. And I was like, was that good? And he was like, that was the greatest movie I've ever seen and oh and that was his first time seeing it i think that might have been his first time seeing it i should ask him next time but i almost burst into tears it was yeah. such it was such a, a nice genuine moment and something that shows how anytime that happens i can't help but go like we're doing something important here yeah like we're doing something here because like that guy has this memory now if he has seen empire on the big screen and and yeah he could go home and watch it on disney plus half an hour later Mm -hmm. but stuff like that it man it gets me like it just and you know hearing kids cheer hearing somebody saying he hadn't seen it and on the big screen and since he was a kid all that kind of stuff like you see that and you get real like What's the word? It's not nostalgic. It's like, but just wistful. I don't wistful know. <laughs> of, of, of just running this place. Because sometimes yeah. when, you know, there's days when two people show up and you're like, oh, this is hard. And there's yeah. days when it's you get the bills. And you're so, closed for three months. <laughs> closed for, yeah. When an international crisis closes yeah. you down. Man, that's great. What I really like is stuff is like The Thing, where there's probably so many people since that first came out and now has a claim who are like, who've been hearing about it for 20 years. And yeah. are like, oh, I can finally see that on the big screen. You know, like maybe they missed it maybe they didn't give it a chance or whatever but like kind of lesser known because empire is empire you know but, oh yeah yeah but to be able to reassess something years later it's like such a treat and there's even a dad with a 12 year old girl who came and they were funny because they did this bizarre double bill of they came oh, to see yeah. Joan of Arc 
and Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Hmm. And Joan of Arc, and this is a, a neutral reporting of the facts. Yeah. I mean, no disrespect to the filmmakers or the distribution company. For a movie that doesn't seem to have anything offensive in it, man, it's had a lot of people who give up on it halfway through. Wow. A lot of walkouts. Nobody angry, but I think it's just like a two and a half hour movie that is not action packed. Uh And I think it's 10 minutes of her sitting in a cell thinking about her life. You know, (laughs) I think, but man, a lot of people don't have the patience for it. So the father and daughter sat through that. And then were nice enough to leave because I just said, oh, I got a ghostbuster this place. And then they came back for Godzilla's. What a great little cinema nerd family. But to see like a highbrow, slow paced art house movie and Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla. Four and a half hours of movie. Well, Godzilla Mechagodzilla is only 80 minutes. Ah, So so that... He actually said that. He said, that makes this double bill a lot better. <laughs> like, averages it out a bit. Man. And I mean, what is Joan of Arc other than the Mechagodzilla? You know, she's got the armor kind of thing. Totally. That's kind of a double bill. I'm trying to I'm trying She to could write like there. a paper for school about <laughs> Man, her, her communications class. If only Joan of Arc had fought Mechagodzilla in the second hour of the movie, like that might have been a better thing. I would have watched that. He fell asleep halfway through and wakes up and is like, this movie's different yeah, now. Yeah, this is really confusing. It's in Japanese now. I don't really understand. What's happening? Oh, man. Okay, but- let's mention the movies we're screening August 14th through August 20th. It's fair. We have two new films, one called Arab Blues, which is a young woman returns to Tunisia with dreams of opening her own psychotherapy practice this looks like a one 88 minutes my favorite but it just looks like even it's funny in the reviews of this it's like it's a nice light-hearted dramatic comedy for these horrible times like hmm. just a movie you could sit back watch this young woman go about her adventures it's 88 minutes so it's not like a big undertaking and it's from tunisia so it's like that's Ooh, where star wars is yeah from. <laughs> there you go tie-in my friend went there once. He was on cruise ship, so he went all over the world. And he was nice enough to bring back this neat little vial of sand from Tunisia. Oh, wow. So he's like, this is Tatooine. This is Tatooine sand. Is it reddish? Or... It was, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, so this is a foreign film that is not a highbrow artsy kind of thing. So a nice light summer film. Then we have Brotherhood, which is an Ottawa premiere, which was, should have been an Ottawa premiere. This movie perfectly got killed by coronavirus when we closed like we had posters up it was supposed to open the following friday yeah and this is a canadian film kind of a movie that you think could have been like one of those canadian minutes you know like one of those heritage minutes Heritage minutes. yeah (laughs) it looks like a heritage minute kind of a film oh man and for the first couple nights the actor it's a local actor sam ash arnold he finally gets to come finally gets to come after all this he'll be here to introduce the film and the director richard bell who I thought was a Torontonian, but is a Vancouver guy. Oh, wow. He's coming a very far away for this, but I think maybe he's hitting here to go to Montreal, Toronto. I don't know. Yeah, there must be. If not, that's that's a long, that's very cool. (laughs) For all three nights, he's going to be here too? He's going to be here at least Friday and Saturday, I know. Because we're playing it all week. Yeah. So he'll be here a couple nights. And we're, again, this weird world where we're doing a QA, and a and I already chatted with Lee about it, and I'll mention it to the managers who are on hand, but I'm like, just make sure everyone's careful. Like, I guess kind of like, you know, leave your mask on if you're queuing and 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 don't whenever there's a special guest there's always this swarm afterwards where 20 people will swarm them to ask their question because they were too shy to do it before or whatever and i'm like just make sure nobody does that you know everyone stay away from each other but it should be good and it's full disclosure having a local actor in a movie here always works because that means all of his family members are going to come all of his school friends are going to come at least 50 of them anyway 
Yeah, and especially with his 50 cutoff, I'm not going to be surprised with those first couple days when he's here. Yeah. That's all going to be uncles, aunts, and cousins. Oh, man, it's still a packed house if yeah. it's 50 people, so... Exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. His second appearance, or his second movie... Yeah, he was here for this, like, elephant movie a while ago. Which I always forget the name of, and I always think it's that baby one, but I think that was That's about... That's a dinosaur. A dinosaur. Elephant <laughs> that was not the same movie. But it is nice. It is always nice to support Canadian film, and having a local kid on screen, that's just fun. Yeah. That, that's cool. That'll make him feel like that's neat, a neat hometown kind of thing. He so. must be like older now. Uh, it I, might I be mean, one he's... of those things where, God, time flies by. I don't even know if he's a kid anymore. He might be like 19. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's like 27 now. They're like, what the hell happened? <laughs> kids go through that thing, man, like, you know, a kid's a kid for a number of years and then they'll get to like Lee's son, Max. It seems like he was three feet tall and now he's six foot one. And have you has, heard him speak lately? Yeah, he's like a man. man. <laughs> he's like his voice is deeper than mine. <laughs> yeah, but that happened with my cousin. He's taller than me now, and his voice is deeper, and he's huge. And I don't know what the hell happened. Like yeah. I used to be like a god to him, and now. actually, him. It was two cousins, like different family or different sides of the family, but they were the same age. And now they're both huge, jack dudes that are like <laughs> ten years younger than me. And I'm like, uh, excuse me, yeah, sirs, push you around and take your lunch money. <laughs> have some of my birthday cake. Then we have two classic films kicking off our Bruce Lee Film Festival. We have The Big Boss from 1971. You should bury the lead on that, the Bruce Lee Film Festival. You just, I like that you just slid in there. Slid that in there. Man. That's... First of five Bruce Lee films. Damn. Well, he didn't do that many movies, I guess. No, he didn't. I didn't know he did that many movies, to be honest. Yes. I'm not a Bruce Lee aficionado, so it's yeah. kind of cool that we have all these that I can catch up now. But yeah, this is his... Was his only American film Enter the Dragon? Yes. Yeah. So he like Adam's... that was his big. That was the first kung fu movie to be produced by a major Hollywood right. company. And yeah. then we're also showing. This is five weeks from now, but we're showing Game of Death, which is a distasteful film. <laughs> <laughs> if only that he was already dead yeah. by the time this came out. And they found two other guys to stand in for him. I gotta come see it. I've never seen it, and just that. And supposedly you can tell. like, yeah. <laughs> And they made a sequel. That's the hilarious part. Like It's like he was dead before the first one was made. And apparently Game of Death 2 is outtakes from Enter the Dragon. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy that they cobbled that together. And apparently Game of Death, I think the version we're showing is a new Redux version of it. Oh, cool. I think. I'm not uh, sure. Yeah. I, I just found this out yesterday that there's like a newly constr reconstructed version of this. Yeah. Because I know they made a different movie that was more similar to the original plot they planned to make. Because after like he died, they kind of cobbled together what they could, and it, it was a totally different plot. But this might be a different. I think this was one with like one of the knockoff, like Bruce Lee with three E's or something. Well, I was just <laughs> Bruce Lai. Yeah. Wasn't that a thing? Then there was a guy named Bruce yeah. Li who Bruce did Bruce Lai. Yeah. How many movies did he do? Probably more than Bruce well, Lee. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's ridiculous, and almost like. I remember working in video stores and feeling bad because there'd be these real knockoffs of, and not of Disney per se, but just more of fairy tale movies, but they would market them. So it would be a Beauty and the Beast or a Sleeping Beauty or a Snow White, and it would have kind of the same color scheme and it would look kind of similar. Yeah. So poor grandma or grandpa would come in to rent or buy some movies for their grandkids. And I always imagined it being like Christmas morning and a little girl opening up a VHS tape and instead of being Beauty and the Beast or Aladdin, it's the knockoff one oh, and just man. like throwing it on the ground and being like, you ruined Christmas, Grandma. Oh, God. Yeah, Disney with D-I-Z-N-E-E -E or something. Yeah. <laughs> Are you guys aware of a movie called Fist of Fear, Touch of Death? Maybe. Oh, it's possible. This is, this is one of those. It's out on Blu-ray. Don't go. Well, you can look <laughs> for it, but I don't, don't recommend it. it. It's 
this company in New York, this film company, had footage of Bruce Lee. All this footage, because apparently Bruce Lee made like some drama when he was a teenager. So they had all this footage... And they're like, oh, what do we do with all this Bruce Lee footage? Well, let's build a movie around it. And at the time, there was a martial arts tournament going on at Madison Square Garden in like 1980 in New York. So it's like, let's make it like a a mockumentary where we go to this tournament and then we make it all about, oh, who's going to be Bruce Lee's successor? And then they got like Fred Williamson and some other karate people and they just built this phony movie, the new film with Bruce Lee. And this was like 10 years after he died. That's crazy. It's crazy Uh, what I need to see that people got away with in that era of just that kind of weird publicity and again, distasteful kind of things like doing stuff after people died and kind of cobbling together movies. And there was a ton of that going on. Can you imagine that now where it's like five or 10 years after John Candy died, they (laughs) cut together a bunch of old SCTV clips that didn't hit the air and were like a new John Candy movie. That was Wagon's East. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. Yeah, Wagon's East. I think there's a, they green screened, they took him from one scene and green screened him on another. (laughs) And that was right on the heels of poor Brandon Lee. Like right in that same era, it was was Brandon Lee and John Candy both died halfway through projects or maybe three quarters of the way through projects and they had to kind of figure it out i mean and it kind of just happened recently with carrie fisher where the last star wars movie changed a whole bunch because or the last couple star wars movies because they had to kind of figure that out so mm-hmm. so yeah it happens every once in a while it's amazing but yes yeah, i'm excited to see these bruce lee movies on the big screen because again it's another example of stuff that isn't readily available especially on the big screen so yeah. a lot of people seeing this stuff for the first time and they're all new transfers too yeah I guess. it's like, gonna look really nice yeah yeah so i'm so far behind on so many of those i get confused with the titles too and the some titles of them have, get confusing yeah because some of them are the, like like the big boss is also i can't remember the other title but fist of fury yeah there, i think it might be that yeah i got confused looking at posters to put up a website <laughs> we're showing the big boss and we're showing fist of, of fury. fury but then okay. there's one that got tagged fists of fury okay so there's fist of fury and fists of fury but fists of fury is another bruce lee movie that we're screening one of the ones in our run mm. it got screwed up when it got sent to north america and it was the distributor's fault like they just mixed up the titles okay and put an s on it so it's it's super confusing fist of fury i believe is also known as the chinese connection okay maybe that's what i'm thinking of right. yeah because there's so many where they have equally known titles but they're the same basic movie or they're off but maybe the cut is slightly different and we're showing way of the dragon which was also known as return of the dragon that's the one with, where he fights chuck norris at the roman yeah. coliseum it's so confusing there's so many like of the dragons too like that's the funny part i mean even lee's making one right now so yeah but yeah, yeah still like it's <laughs> it's so funny like all these like and i just i never understood the legality of that just closing off on that whole like bruce lee bruce lie bruce all this stuff it's like how do i don't understand like i how? think they just play dumb they're like what it's just a guy named bruce lie yeah. that's all <laughs> oh we never even thought he oh he looks like bruce lee good yeah. call that's pretty much it yeah not great and then finally this week we have pulp fiction mm. which is is that your favorite movie andrew Probably. It's up there Man. anyway. As an afterthought, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Like, Pulp I like Fiction. that that was our last Speaking movie. of Bruce Lee. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> oh, God. Man, I remember Pulp Fiction being a cultural phenomenon. Like, yeah. I was in just the tail end of high school when every kid in high school dressed as a reservoir dog for Halloween. There must have been, like, for teens at parties, it must have been a good 60% reservoir dogs. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot. And then Pulp Fiction, I just remember, it was right when, you know, all of Quentin's dreams came true. Because I don't think Quentin is shy about... He likes being in front of the camera. He likes being interviewed. He likes that he's a celebrity. Talking about film, especially. Yeah, and that he was all over the place. He was doing cameos. He was doing rewrites. He was on talk shows. And I think it's like that film, for me, and I know this is kind of a 
a sidestep, but my favorite Tarantino film is True Romance. He didn't direct that one, but in terms of script and everything, I love that movie. That was the first script he wrote. Was it? Yeah. yeah. And then Tony Scott directed it, and I think it's, oh, it's, I love, that's my favorite Tarantino movie, but. I think mine might be Inglourious Bastards, actually, and I think a lot of that is just because I was so shocked at how good it was, like, not in a jerk way, but just, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, like, I, I liked him, and it just, I was sort of like, I, I, I didn't like Death Proof really at all, and like, Kill Bill's kind of, I'm not the biggest fan, like, it's fine, no? but I'm just not. <laughs> just <laughs> how the dare first, you? The first one, I was just like, I don't know, I thought it was just way too much of him winking at the screen I felt like like it's just and I get it like not to take anything away from those movies like I get it like they're a great achievement but just for me I was just sort of like oh yeah yeah I get it that scene is from this this scene is from that like it just felt like him like he was having fun and that's great and all but you know it just didn't work for me personally and then the second one was a bit too talky I thought and so and that death proof and I was like oh, I don't know maybe I'm done and then I waited years to watch Bastards and I was like wow this you is waited like, years good. yeah yeah like I waited like two years to watch it I just didn't because I was like I'll get to it you know and it was great so uh, I loved Django I like that too loved it until Quentin Tarantino shows up on a horse (laughs) <laughs> and I swear, like, I'm not trying to be mean to Quentin, but I was, I was in the movie loving it. Because he does the Aussie uh, yeah. accent. Edge my seat. It was so good. I was like, oh my God, this is a masterpiece. And then he walks in with this horrible accent. And I swear I sat and I actually kind of like got out of the movie. I was like, oh, what? Oh, why is Tarantino on a horse? And so that was my, that lost it. It's perfect rating for me. And from what I understand, somebody else had that role. Yeah. And then at the 11th hour was like, sorry, I can't make it to yeah. set today. He's like, oh, I'll do it. Yeah. And I was like, Damn, I wish Tim Roth was still available. Oh, like, man. Sir, as my Yankee, only Western flaw Django. with that movie is that, man, that really stands out. He might as well have an arrow going like, director who wants to be an actor yeah. kind of <laughs> flashing at <laughs> him. He was pretty good in Planet Terror for his little cameo, though. Oh, I thought, like, yeah. Just because it's such that. a small bit, you know, yeah. and, and that worked because, well, he wasn't doing an accent either. I think but that... then you see now, like, he didn't bother in Hollywood. He managed to control himself and mm-hmm. be like, nope, I'm behind the camera. Yeah. He's in Bastards briefly. Can't even is it a voice? It's a, clo- it's a close-up. He, he's a dead Nazi, and, and oh, he's, see, that's getting, fine. he's getting scalped. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's him. You can go. do that. And he's in Syriaki Western Django, of course. But we, oh, yeah. we don't talk about that. Ah, he's doing his best. He's doing fine. Yeah. As a side note, I just rewatched the Dawn of the Dead Mall Hours cut, which is like all the footage from all the. There's like four different versions. Yeah. It's all the footage of all of them. And I'm just like, I don't know if it's just it's been a while since I watched it, but oh my god, is that movie good? Like, oh, so good. It's just I realized like on rewatch that it's just so. It's one of these movies that's so linked. The music, just the actors, the scenes, and it's just like that. Creepshow is still my favorite horror movie, but non anthology, it's got to be Dawn of the Dead because it is just I don't know maybe it helps with everything going on around there today yeah. but like it's it's just such an achievement I know uh, I'm preaching to the choir but oh, one of the greatest moments of my life was just getting to stand in that mall if any nerd ever gets a chance to go to Pittsburgh and mm-hmm. go to that mall do it because you just stand there and things are different like some storefronts have changed but you can stand there and be like there's that escalator there's yeah. that entrance to a Sears type store it's the same and you just you're like wow this is where they did this yeah it's uncanny how well it worked I watched Document of the Dead and, and then and another one uh, from the box set like the documentaries and just behind the scenes especially watching the one from 85 where you're just like oh my god like seeing this stuff being filmed it's so crazy to me when you have a classic like that and you can re- and you're like guys you're making an amazing movie oh my yeah. god <laughs> so anyways that's why I decided I'm gonna watch the other cuts maybe I'll watch the Argento cut tonight and just bask in the greatness watch them all yeah Okay, we're going to wrap this up because we had a bit of extra time today, so we're running a bit long, but we're in the midst of Joan of Arc playing on screen right now, which <laughs> There's is only two hours left. Long, yeah. <laughs> but thanks for listening. We can be found at mayfairtheater.ca. 
Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Be sure to go visit our friends at House of Targ if you're in Ottawa. They're open on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday evenings now for takeout or dine in and you can just pay 10 bucks for free play it's pretty cool mm. stay tuned we'll have more cool announcements of more cool retro movies that are kind of being released out of the vaults during these weird times now we're still managing a new film or two every week but yeah we're gonna have more awesome old stuff on screen in the near future say hi to us on the social media be sure to like us or give us good reviews on all the different podcast places and we'll see you soon again at the mayfair thanks for listening everybody bye 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 did you get attacked by a zombie when you went to the zombie mall? I wish. Oh, you have to pay extra for that. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? Miramax Films asks the question, what are two hitmen, one girlfriend, a boxer, and the secret suitcase have in common? That's a good question. The answer, they're all part of the most electrifying film of the year. John Travolta, Samuel L. Jackson, Uma Thurman, Harvey Keitel, and Bruce Willis. Die, you... You won't know the facts until you see the fiction. Pulp Fiction, rated R. Starts October 14th everywhere. Get it.